Howdy everybody and uh, welcome back to another episode. This week I was able to sit down with Kate Siniskalki and I uh, got a deeper look into the boating culture and the lifestyle around it. We get an update into her life managing the content creation for three different boating dealerships and we discuss the burnout in the creative fields and working with clients and a few insights around that industry. She shares how it was and is to work within a male-dominated field and the struggles that come with that. We talk about the work-life balance and her health journey that has been nine years of battling complications, being diagnosed with seven chronic illnesses, and having seven life-saving surgeries. Her mindset, attitude, and outlook on life is pretty incredible, and her level of stoke is way contagious. I'm super stoked. I was able to sit down with her this week and uh, have an awesome conversation in an awesome environment that we talked about as well. And uh, thank you again for being here, and we'll, we'll get right into it. Well, Hi. how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. So I guess just first off, just introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, I feel like I might need to do a phonetic breakdown of how you say my last name. I was going to ask. That was this, that was my next question. You've been a little nervous to even attempt it. Do you want to try first? I was so... Fr- I'm going to... On the walk up to the door, just yeah. barely. I was like, if she doesn't answer the door, am I going to say, like, is Kate and then attempt at... Let's hear, Let's hear I'd it. I'd have to look at it again. I don't have you it off can, the top of my head. You can, you can pull it up. Let's see. <laughs> this is my favorite game to play with people because everyone's just so creative in the way that they say it. Okay. I'll give you a hint, which is it is an Italian background. That's where it, Italian? That's where it comes from. Okay. I don't know if that helps you or hinders you. All right. As I'm looking to get yours again, um, how do you pronounce mine? Did you ask me this last no, because okay. actually yesterday I was like, I'm going to ask him how to say my last name, and I don't know how to say Carter's. I would say, I think the CH makes a K sound. No, it's not. Mm, Carter, so, uh, Ma- it's not matching. Go for it. Oh, I thought you were trying to say <laughs> Oh, no. Carter Mackin is what I would say. Oh, Machin. Oh, yeah, Machin. Right. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, let's hear it. This is a long one. Siniscalci? So close. That actually mm. was really good. Um, in Italian, C-H-I, or C-H, makes a K sound, so it's Siniscalci. Oh, I just watched The House of Gu- Gucci last night. So you should have known. I should have known. Because C-C-I makes a G. I picked up enough of yeah, their that's weird dialect. that you weren't ready for that. I can't believe that. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I'm Kate Siniscalci. Siniscalci. That's, now I know. Now you know. Now you can use it. You're going to say it all the time. It's super popular last name. Okay. Everyone around has it. So. All right. And uh, I guess just paint the picture for everyone where we're at, like just the, the setting. Cause yeah. Each podcast I've done now, it's been somewhere different, yeah. like I mentioned, so it's fun. So, yeah, no one's going to see this one, but <laughs> okay, where, where yeah, are we at? I can at? describe it. This is, vibes are immaculate right now. They're great. <laughs> uh, we are in my backyard, and I live on a little man-made lake, and it is perfect out honestly there's it's glass yeah there's birds little ducks, ducks. swimming around the sun's about to set it's no just, wind it's honestly perfect out like not too hot not too cold kind of living the dream right now all right yeah sound well it is this is what it is out here so yeah what are you up to what work yeah play? um this summer was super weird because it was really windy so like i only took out my own boat two times all summer really is that bad that bad like every weekend was like 30 mile an hour winds and that's just not worth Jeez. it at all so where do so, you usually go Where's the um spot? willard bay is pretty popular i mean i live like an hour from every lake here so okay 
it's a little bit hard, but like Willard Bay or Jordan Nell, I'm going for work. So honestly, I'll go wherever, wherever the boat's open. But yeah, the summer was super weird. Did not ride as much as I wanted to. Um, worked a lot. And then yeah. I feel like I kind of like flopped because then this like end of season, I've ridden so much. Like I was just in Powell for a week, rode every single day, and then I came home Friday, and then Saturday went and rode again. Like, <laughs> such a thing, kind of weird, but all right. End well, season vibes are always good, so I'm loving it. So you usually not ride by this time. Usually, is it too cold? I mean, water temps are like low. Like I went up yesterday and it was 60, which okay. is, I mean that's not that bad. Like I rode in just a heater top yesterday and it was fine. Takes your breath away for a second, and then it's okay. But normally it's way colder. So I think that's why, like, normally our season's over by, like, first, second week of October. But okay. I think we're going to ride until, like, middle of November at this rate. Yeah, the weather's been <laughs> quite warm. <laughs> so nice. So, yeah, I kind of hope it sticks around, but I don't know. Yeah, do you, are you riding your bike as it cools off, or, like, is that way too cold for you? The mornings are pretty chilly. Yeah. And I'd like to tell myself I could get up and ride early still, but... Might not be doing yeah, that. Yeah, I just bliss <laughs> out. I'm like, it's 45. Well, I'll, the just, wind I'll, just, I'll, I'll just wait till It's warm up. Yeah, because it gets like 70 degrees still. Yeah. So. yeah, I've been riding it. Yeah, I'm getting out pretty often. So, so yeah, the weather's been, weather's been great. Is the, is the wind chill of the 45 make it the, like, 30? Yeah, it's pretty crazy with cycling how little you need, in my opinion, to stay warm. Really? Yeah. So you don't, you don't have to, like, really bundle up. Yeah. Right. As long as you have, like, the wind getting cut, like, you're pretty good. Mm. Yeah. But then your face and hands are... Freezing. Yeah, even with gloves. That's probably the hardest. And toes. Oh, I bet. Even the toes warms. So hard. But... Well, like, boating, I assume, like, the same thing. Dude, boating at this time of year is so funny because I had to take a huge bag that is full of so many different options because I don't know what I'm going to need. But, like, I arrive in, like, a sweatsuit... And a beanie, because it's like early morning, right? Yeah. And then you'll be out in the water, and it'll kind of warm up. So then it's like, okay, maybe I'll put on my swimsuit at that point, maybe. And then you're in a wetsuit. But then when you get done, if you're going to keep riding, you have to keep your wetsuit warm. If your wetsuit gets cold, it's game over. That's it. So it's like I have to have like a rain jacket or like a windbreaker. And then I have to have my, my after-riding clothes, which are super warm again. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Jeez. So what's the whole, what's like a boating day schedule because like i didn't grow up on the water right so like, um, there's like ski mornings you know like you go out you have activities so like right. what's a boating day finished end yeah it's in utah especially it's super weird because like we i don't have a boat on the water right so mm-hmm. i can't just like go outside a quick one hour thing it's like a whole ass day yeah so you like summertime especially on a saturday which is unfortunately the only time i can go because my, my dad's around mm-hmm. we're getting up at like 5 45 and then getting the boat packed, ready to go, get up to the lake by like 6.45, and then riding from 7 to 11, because like the water's still nice, and no one's really out, but by 11, like all the surfers are out. Wait, what time are you getting on the water? Like 7. Like right now? Like this week, that's what you were doing? No. Oh, I was going to say, it's like 40, (laughs) it's like 45. (laughs) No, 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 end of season riding is so different. (laughs) I was like, wow, y'all go really hard. No, 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 end of season, we went out, we met at 12 this week. A lot, okay. a lot better. Yeah. It was like 65 at that bit. point. Yeah. Okay. That's like, yeah, midsummer. we're getting there at like 7 a.m. And then, yeah, ride for a couple hours. And then as soon as the water's trashed, we normally either then start surfing or pull the boat off and come home. Um, 
that's pretty that's a pretty normal day for us so what is so what's work like right now for you <laughs> work is crazy um we just had a huge internal shift so before i would say i was like the director of marketing um which i like to a point i love the creative side the tactical stuff it's not my favorite mostly reporting i just hated and okay. so um my new boss's whole thing is like why do a job that you hate which is super sick very like, cool very, thought. Very true. yeah yeah so now i would say my new role is more like creative director probably like i'm over all social um design and then like heading up all the photo shoots and then i work with my brother to like do all the photo shoots and video shoots all right so, so how's that how's working with so i guess so first off what's your job <laughs> title and like my the place yeah. I work yeah okay. so good question I work for three different boating dealerships got it so I am the creative director for three different spots there we go a little overwhelming but somehow we're making it work well there it is <laughs> and then yeah working with your brother how's that I love it yeah. honestly we I mean we've been best friends since we were little we've always been super close and so coming into like a work environment is a little bit different but we think we're very different people. Like mm -hmm. our thought processes are super different. And so working together is cool because we're always coming at things from very different perspectives. So it's nice. I think like some people are like, oh, you're so similar. It must be so hard. And I'm like, our mannerisms are similar, but, but like okay. our, our thought processes are so different. Yeah. So I love it. No complaints. Good. Love so guy. it doesn't fall in the category of like most people. It's like, don't work with your family. No, like, I'm, I'm about it. I hear, this is my thing. Like if you and your family get along and like it can it. be healthy. Yeah. yeah. Super healthy. if your family relationship's not super strong, then your business relationship's not good. That's what I'm saying. Makes sense. Like, we started healthy, so then going into this, like, it stayed healthy. Probably mm -hmm. gotten better, because, like, we're working together, hanging out all the time. But mm -hmm. if we, like, hated each other and then tried to work, that's ah, not a good idea. Yeah. So has being a creative director kind of the been the plan for a while? Yeah, I kinda mean. kind of just, like, what was your goal getting into media creation? Yeah, so I went to school for graphic design, okay. and my whole dream was to be, like, a board graphic artist. Um, and I still would love to do that. Just, like, somewhere along the way, I fell in love with photography. And, like, mm -hmm. wasn't an aspect of my life that I thought I would ever care about. Like, I like, thought it was super cool, but was like, oh, I could never touch that. And then um, COVID hit, and all my, like, job opportunities kind of fell through. And so I ended up going back and selling wakeboards at this old pro shop I had for years. And they were like, hey, uh we have a marketing position open and I'm like, I don't know anything about this, but I bet I could figure it out. There we go. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> Literally. I was like, Oh, I got it. It's easy. <laughs> I super, I did like one marketing class in college and I was like, I've got this. Oh, 100%. I think everyone in this industry is just fake. I so watched a couple of YouTube videos and I'm like, yeah, I got it. University of YouTube. <laughs> That's what I did. Dropped out. Just... And look at you now making it. Faking it, you know, faking <laughs> it hard. Still we're, going, we're going. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a wild journey. For yeah, sure. super wild. But yeah, so it was. You fell in love with fell in love with photography. Yeah. along the way. Mm -hmm. And then, how did you start getting jobs? Like, how did you get into it? Yeah, um, I think my brother's a big part of that as well. He's an amazing videographer. Okay. And so he came to me that summer that we were just like back selling boards, and he was like, you know what if we like started our own media company and I've always wanted to work with them. So like that idea was super interesting. And mm -hmm. then I picked up the marketing job. He went back to school and then that spring we ended up hiring him on as our in-house videographer. And then from there, like 
I just started to understand film a lot more and understand photography a lot more. And then it was like, okay, like being a creative director would be so sick. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like think I manifested it for myself because at that point I still was like primarily tactical. I wasn't really touching the creative stuff. And so then I just kind of kept talking about it. And then, yeah, my new boss was like, hey, you really love this creative stuff. And like your ideas are kind of crazy, but they work. Mm-hmm. So let's just try it out. And that's what we're doing. And I've done it now for four months of like the more creative stuff and it's working. Our numbers are up, so. Do something, right? Obviously. <laughs> I don't know if it's me or just like. <laughs> oh, it's 100%. Claim it. All right. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. totally me. <laughs> you came in, turned it around. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's happening. That was amazing. So we were talking a little bit right before we got on about you recently went out boating. So boating's like what you do, yeah. number one. Yeah. Always. Then it's what your work is just sounded around. Yeah. But you went out recently without the camera for the first time yeah. in a while. Long time. I mean, yeah. the past year has been like, always bring your gear because you have to get every shot. And then it's like, oh, well, if I'm going with my friends, I could also shoot and then I could use it for work. So it's like, I'm double dipping. And then you almost feel bad if you're not working. So it, like, bad. it fits in your job description because you're doing the activity. So you're like, I have to. It's like. So bad. Oh my gosh. Like. And it's exactly that. Like, it's like, okay, I'm going to do the thing that, like, my job is. And so I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, oh, I'm helping myself out, right? If I get this content. Pre-planning. You're just, Pre-planning. You're just, exactly. You're the B-roll bin, you know. It's literally. I'm, like, you never have too much content. Yeah. Which I think is true, but. It is. You can get burnt out. Yeah. Like that. So what would, you be, what would your advice be for people, like, getting into it? Because I think burnout's so real in the yeah. creative field. Because gotta post one today and there's six platforms and like if you want to do it all like there's so much and people just get so yeah it's so easy to get so overloaded so easy I would say I'm currently there I'm pretty burnt out Uh um I'm working really hard to get out of that but when I first took this job I mean I so back last November I was running five different dealerships all by myself doing all social email marketing video photo oh my goodness it was that's a lot. It was a lot. And I was like fresh out of college, like a 22 year old, just working my life away. And like trying to, pr- it's an industry full of all men, right? Mm-hmm. Too. So it's like, I'm the only girl here. So I have to, I have to like prove to everyone around me that I can keep yeah. up. So I feel like from then to now, I've like stayed pretty burnt out, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the thing is like, if it, like one, if your salary, your project base, whatever, you know the shots you have to get, right? Yeah. Get get those and then be done. Yeah, like don't feel like you need to fill up. Right. And like, yeah, you can, like, I get it. You're helping your future self, but not if you're burning yourself out. Yeah. Not at all. And so I think a big thing is like with like photo or video, taking a step back. And if it's like, okay, I want to capture this for my, for passion, purely, not for work, go for it. Mm-hmm. But if in the back of your head, because like where my struggle came from was like, I really value myself on how much how hard I work which is good but also again really bad because it's like if I'm relaxing for two seconds I'm like oh my gosh I'm a horrible person yeah like you always feel like you need to be oh all the time and then so you're in-house so I don't know if you feel it the same but if it's like someone like your boss or like maybe there's a different client on the boat or something if you're not doing something like shooting do you just feel like they're like well why are we paying this person literally I was yeah. actually at an yeah. event two weeks ago, and our, like, main boss really comes around, and he was, like, randomly there. 
And the whole thing was like, it was an event that I'd like gone a bunch of people to. And then that was where my job stopped. So like, I didn't have to get content that day. I was kind of there to be a personality. And he like showed up and I was like, he's just going to think that I do nothing. Like I'm just standing here making hot dogs <laughs> doing nothing. Just just hanging. Breeze, yeah. And I'm like, this guy is wondering why he pays me right now. He wasn't, right? Like, that was a thought. But, that was a story I was telling myself completely. He yeah. was, I don't know what he was thinking about. I didn't ask him. But, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, totally thoughts that I have. And it's always when you just put the camera down for one second, someone's always like, did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> the worst <laughs> feeling ever. Or when they tell you to get something. They're like, oh, you should shoot that. And I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> That's mainly why I just, like, couldn't do weddings anymore oh it's so bad yeah it's hard the wedding grind is different and i don't know if i'm gonna make it in the wedding world but we're trying it's great they are great events there are great things to come out of them for sure but the family shots are a little that's where i guess i'm like not a i'm a loud person but i can't like yell and so like trying to direct a whole family hard yeah it is because i'm not a big loud extrovert person so right. i'm like if everyone can please cooperate we can get in and out of here <laughs> like, that's how i'm thinking. like speak up come yeah. on i'm like i don't want to get that hyped up right either the last like some people are such good like hype yeah. people behind the camera and i'm like i i admire that right for sure like they can get people real comfortable as a this is a question for you as a guy so like i can hype up the girl i feel like and it's not weird but i can't say too much about the dude as a single girl right like i'm like that well their girlfriends weird. or wives get mad i, get I feel like that i don't know if they will but i'm like some, if i was some probably would if i was married it probably would be different if i like, had like a serious boyfriend be way, way different but like as a single I girl i can't hype up their husband do you feel that way like do you feel like you can hype up the bride ever <laughs> see no <laughs> not when it comes to like yeah no it's i'm not on the same and i'm not like yeah you're not hyping people up in general, but. Yeah, it's definitely harder for sure. Like yeah. hanging out with like the groomsmen, especially being a wedding photographer as a guy. Like there's times you got to go in and get pictures of her when she's like getting dressed and stuff. So it's like got to make sure all the bridesmaids are ready. No one's caught off guard. Like I've had someone like walk out, didn't know I was in there and just like, whoa. And like, you know, just weird stuff. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be here either. <laughs> Just turn around and walk home. You're like, I got to go. Yeah. And so there are those ones, situations, but I haven't shot weddings in quite a while. That's cool. But yeah, that was, is that how you started out? Is that how you got? No. Is that one of the first things? Okay. Not at all. I honestly feel like I started, I'm like trying to think my first, I did a photo class in college. I seen an extra credit and I took it and the professor was like really stoked on my work. And I was not good at all, but he was just, like, my whole thing was, like, like get emotion out of people decently well, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so he was, like, if you can, like, really capture this, just, like, keep it going. And then I went way action sports with it, which is, I think, where it all started for me. Like, I am super blessed to have very talented friends, um, and a lot of them being professional wake surfers and wakeboarders. And so really, like, at the start of my photography career was, like, because they were so good. It was not me at all. My talent was not there. But they were so good that, like, made my pictures look good. So, shout out to all those guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I feel like that's such a blessing in a lot of photographers' lives. Like, you're just surrounded by people right. that are really talented in whatever that is. 
because it's like you could be like you are really good at wake surfing. It's like you can't just take pictures of yourself all the time, right? And you're around this community, and so it just creates all these avenues, right? Opens the door for you a ton. Just yeah, super nice. Uh huh. So yeah, I think it started action sports, and it it still is in that world. That's my favorite thing to take pictures of. Um, but through there, I just like randomly had friends being like, "Oh hey, can you shoot my wedding for me?" And then that's taken more clients. Mm-hmm. So I think weddings like where I'm at now, and we'll see. Do you do you find it a relief at all, or maybe not a relief? It's not the right word, but a nice break to go shoot weddings because it is a creative. It's a totally different yeah. mindset. Oh my gosh, it's so like. Like, principles apply, obviously. Right. Yeah, like, at the core, it's the same. Um, And I think it's cool, because me and Mitch both, we shoot weddings, my brother, we shoot weddings together. And so, I think our style's a little bit different, because we do come from that action sports world. Um, But it's super refreshing, because it is, like, shooting wakeboarding, it's like, if I miss a shot, I miss a shot. Especially if they're, like, trying new tricks, and it's like, they land it for the first time, like, missed it. Or, like, I missed the grab. Like, wakeboarders are so funny because, like, if they have their hand, like, slightly in the wrong place, they're not going to post a photo. It's like... Really? Yeah. I did not Oh, they know are that. intense. Like, if it's, like... Yeah, slight... And wake surfers the same way. Like, slightly in the wrong spot their hand is, they're not posting it. Because then they're, like, people are going to make fun of them or, like, call them out, right? So, nice thing that about was... weddings is, like, yes, there's, like, the ceremony. And, like, I get, like always nervous like missing those important shots but it's like after that like i can ask him to redo stuff like shooting bridles i'm like hey yeah. do that kiss again do that dip yeah. again like not a big deal but in the heat of the moment <laughs> so stressful oh extremely yeah like yeah running and gunning stuff and like i had some experience with like a documentary so it's all live oh yeah and it's like guys chasing bison so it's like you miss it you're screwed like yeah you can't ask him to redo that have you ever have you ever like got a shot and you're like that was amazing and you hit just the stop record button and then you see that it starts recording oh reverse recording like you just weren't recording and you're just like uh or like you're like oh i can't wait to go look at that shot and you like find the file and it's just like the end of that scene because you started recording at the end of it Um, my brother happens to do that a lot and it's super funny we like we're just doing a wedding and he likes me and goes hey I didn't get any of that. And I was like, what? And he's like, I reverse recorded that whole thing. I'm like, okay, cool. I uh, I did it the other day with photo. I was, I'm not a very good videographer. I'm like mm-hmm. learning to get into it. And so I had my camera settings on video and I switched back to camera, but I forgot to take it out of the custom setting that was in yeah. video. Just oh, started snapping total, pictures. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't come Horrible. Yeah. Every, I blurry. had like 20 of, yeah. right. of the most like blown out blurry pictures of my entire life. And I was like, okay, just when I think I'm like, getting decent at photography i really get humbled every time I'm like okay i'm okay i have a lot to learn still <laughs> i guess well i want to go back to uh mention it when you're getting into like where you're at now and everything yeah. like a male dominated area yeah. like how was it a huge surprise like was it worse no. than you thought when you got in like or you knew what to expect and i guess what was that transition into dealing with that like yeah, so, I mean, as far as surprise, yes and no. My whole life, I've had a really hard time. I'm way better now. Like, growing up, I had a really hard time making friends who were girls. I only have brothers, like, mm-hmm. majority of boy cousins. And so, it's like, that's what was very familiar to me. Yeah. Um, and then got into wakeboarding. And, like, there are more girls in the scene in Utah now. But growing up, there was there was a, one other girl named Genesee. And, like, she was, a, like, 10 years older than me. 
It's oh, like that's a big gap. Yeah, big gap, and like she was on her way to go pro, so it was like there was no no connection there. Got it. And so I was riding with me being 16 years old. I was riding with like 35 year old dudes. That was like my first time into the scene, which was like. I think that's like my parents were like, what the hell is she doing? Like riding yeah. with these like 35 year old grown married men. I mean, as far as you're like being around the right coaches, like it right. couldn't have gotten better. No, not. I was so right? blessed. Like literally like, hands down the best riders in Utah. I like don't know how I got so lucky because like not only were they my coaches, but they were also my best friends. Yeah. Like oh, the best humans. And so I feel like I kind of had an understanding. And then once I got sponsored and started like going to events, it was so obvious that like, okay, it's majority of guys. And they also all, not all, a lot of them think like women's wakeboarding is a joke. Um, Oh, okay. Like it's not, it's not respected. Not really. It's a lot better now. And like, I have a hard time saying that because all of all the people in my world are very respectful of me. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's like because I'm also sick. Like I kind of, like I hate to pull that card, but that is kind of the feeling. Of it. Like if I was completely healthy, they wouldn't be as stoked. Like it's like oh, Kate could literally die at any second. So it's extra cool, you know. Okay. Like I don't, and maybe I'm just assuming there, and I know that makes an ass out of me, but <laughs> I, <laughs> that's kind of how it seems. And so then once I got into the like career side of it, I was a little more surprised because it was like. I know I'm not the only girl that cares about this. And mm-hmm. so I would have thought like, okay, women, you know, don't get paid as much to ride. So maybe they did take more of this career route. Yeah. And not at all. Like I was the only girl in every meetings. And then I would like get on Zoom meetings with other brands and they were like, oh. Or like, I remember once we had this huge meeting, all these other brands and the guy gets on and he's like, all right, all right, gentlemen. And then makes dead eye contact with me and I went, hello, sir. You just... Like, just didn't respect me at all. And wow. so, it took a huge, I mean, it's hard because it's like, I feel like in those situations, the only way for me to be heard is to be really bitchy. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't want to be that person, right? It's like, I'm, I'm a pretty down-to-earth person, but it was like, that was the only way for me to get heard was to, like, make a big deal out of things. And so, it's super interesting that, like, I have to change myself in order to be seen and respected in this in this industry and I think I'm at a spot now where I no longer have to do that which is super mm-hmm. awesome like the people all around me really respect me and like genuinely want to help me pursue my career goals which is awesome but coming in like super young I was 21 at the time it's so, like super young and a girl I think they just thought I was naive and had no clue what was going on yeah and so kind of proving myself took a took a little bit but I think we're headed down the right road hopefully <laughs> All right. I mean, how was the like the other relationships with women in the sport? Oh, they're was awesome. Was it supportive or yeah, okay. super supportive. Welcoming. It wasn't like a yeah. And I think I mean, girls are all pretty competitive with each other. Um, but again, I've been very blessed to have some really amazing friends. Um, and especially now, like where I think when I was trying to go pro, I idolized them all a lot, and so they were like these heroes of mine. So like to connect with them was not possible because of me because I had him on these pedestals right and so I would get so shy around him oh like you're starstruck oh so starstruck and so then it got to the point of where like I accepted I wasn't ever gonna go pro and I'm just working and like I could be homies with them Mm. and like especially now where it's like we can help each other out right so then 
our relationships become super cool and yeah they're so supportive and like willing to do things to help me out in my job which is awesome all right <laughs> I mean, that's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah they're they're awesome they're really cool people yeah that's awesome to have like I guess the good support system to kind of mentor you. Would you say they kind of mentored oh, you up into it? Yeah, uh-huh. definitely. And do you have any people reaching up to you in the industry? Like, do you ever get any of those to, like, help people yeah. in that way? Yeah, um, definitely. And it's it's super funny because in the grand scheme of life, I'm really not that good of a wakeboarder. Mm-hmm. I'm below mediocre at best. And so when I get people being like, hey, help me land this trick, and I'm like... <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. Trick. Yeah, I'm like, um, let me let me reach out to somebody else because I don't know. And okay. so, yeah, but I definitely have had like younger girls reaching out, and that gets me so stoked, right? Because when I was younger, I think if I would have had some mentors to look up to, it probably would have gotten me in the sport a lot faster. I didn't start riding until I was 15. Yeah. So it definitely speeds up that process, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's a lot of uh, insecurities going into a new sport. Like it's super intimidating. Yeah. There's people that have already been there, and there's like the unwritten do's and don'ts that you know <laughs> so much like it all has it and to have someone walk you in because like yeah my first year biking didn't really know anyone yeah and so it's like yeah if you had a group it sounds like you had an amazing one yeah at such a young age which is awesome but no that was so interesting listening to your podcast with joe biking and wakeboarding very different mm-hmm. but like hearing you talk about like all the do's and don'ts and like the, like common knowledge things you're supposed to know it was so funny because i was like it's the same thing wakeboarding like yeah. these like unsaid rules do, yeah. oh my gosh it's crazy so what are uh what are some of them that are just stupid are there some so, that are like yeah i mean like a really common one is like you do not wear your shoes on the boat okay yeah, for, yeah I've, i know that's a rule. which like seems like it's common sense <laughs> a lot of people don't get it and like there's sneakers a on, oh sneakers right on the dock. yeah okay. i have seen that before because i just had friends with boats and i'd right. go like once or twice a summer but even i knew it's like you don't like what are you what are you doing <laughs> yeah you gomer like you don't do that <laughs> it's so yeah so funny people do that because it's like i like hold my breath and it's like yeah. it's not my boat it's my dad's boat so i'm like do i say something and then i feel like a jerk so i'm yeah. like ah, i don't know it's so, just like hey shoes off like, <laughs> but that's like that's a pretty common okay. one um i feel like i'm trying to think of like a really rare oh this is one that i think people that aren't like competitive and or like die hard don't get you have to bring your own rope Really? Yeah, like I didn't know that. Every wakeboarder has like me Their and Mitch, rope. we have separate ropes. Okay. Me, Mitch and my dad all have separate ropes. I went why? out with So what's why? Is it a So some give have more I think it probably started back in the day, right? And I don't I don't know the wakeboarding reasons why, but okay. I know now like that is kind of the thing. I like Mitch's rope is going to be way more stretched out than mine is cuz he has a bigger pull than I do. He's a bigger dude than I am. And also, like, I ride shorter lengths than he does. And so, like, some guys are going to have no sections to take off. And so then I can't ride my shorter length. So I'm going to have a harder time riding. Okay. It's also, like, a weird superstition thing. Like, I, even if, like, me and my buddy have the exact same rope and he has all the sections, I'm taking his off to ride my rope. I don't know. Superstition, I think. Hey, I, it makes sense. Yeah, not really, but... 
I mean, if I went like road biking and someone had like the same shoes, like my size of different okay. cycling shoes, I'd be like, I'm not wearing them. We could do do something else. <laughs> we go bowling <laughs> instead. Oh yeah, like anyone's like, oh, like you can just rent a bike there. Like, no, you're not gonna There's rent a no bike. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I, funny. I get the superstitions a bit, but so I guess what? Uh, how would you say? You've had to, like, learn with mental health and the workspace, especially, like, the work-life balance. Because it's a lot. When things start to blend, and it's hard to, like, differentiate what's kind of work and play and life. Like, how have you managed the mental side of it? Not well. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting a lot better. Um, Going back to what I said earlier, I really, like, a good work ethic has always been, like, driven into me. My my parents' whole thing is, like, you got to be a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And taking on a job that I can do remote, that is also in the industry that I love, that I can do all the time. I mean, my first year, I was working from 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. most days. F- like, fresh out of college, 22 years old, mm-hmm. every day. Jeez. Had no social life. Um, on top of that was, like, trying to manage my health, too. And so it was just, like so overwhelming and I one never felt fulfilled because I like wasn't getting like the affirmations that I needed from my boss at the time either and so it was like I was working tirelessly for what like I didn't think I was doing a good job because it was like I stepped into this marketing role that I knew nothing about so I already was super insecure about it and then like no one's telling me I'm doing a good job and I'm just like was just spinning my wheels all the time and so so looking back at that certain stage um looking back do you know now that they were like proud they were like the communication just wasn't there yeah um I think they were proud I just think that they yeah just didn't know how to communicate Uh and they were so busy with their own things that like I was just on the back burner in a way of like I had to keep these you know five dealerships afloat and they were busy doing other things and so it was like okay they're also functioning okay that's that's fine yeah I've seen that same thing across multiple industries with just how I feel like guys are of that generation. Like the communication lacks in males of all males and then older ones for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. It's just, what it, it's just, you know, it's just how it's just different. No, definitely. And because I've seen that workplace environments too. Like I just, you can't compliment each other. No. It's so hard. So hard. Who would have thought? <laughs> it's so difficult to be like, hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> X, Y, Z. Right. Thanks. Killed it. Right. That doesn't happen. No. Not so, at all. I mean, it happens occasionally, but man, not enough. Yeah. I've, I'm super blessed now because the new boss I do have, he is so good at saying like, thank you. And okay. Like today on the phone, like I literally did the smallest task. I just had to convert this file for him. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're the best. Like, thank you so much. And I was like, this is going to take me 30 seconds to do. Mm-hmm. But you are so welcome. Like, so it's, it's good I'm getting that now because I mean- I was not getting that before mm-hmm. at all. So resume your story. Like you, yeah, he had to deal with that right off the gate. Yeah. And then kind of. I mean, I think a big thing for me, too, um, I was using work as a distraction of my mental health. I've always been like a big positive person, right? I'm mm-hmm. very optimistic. And um, I've dealt with, you know, medical stuff for nine years now, um, seven years of like intense medical trauma and really never felt those emotions. I'm a big barrier of feelings, unfortunately. Okay. So the years of your illness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just like, wanted to bury it. Oh, yeah. Like of medical gaslighting. I mean, 
Mm. Some of the most like insane ER stories that like even I'm like that happened. Holy like so weird. And so I never felt it. And it was I was in this state of like I had to fight to stay alive. So I didn't have time to feel my emotions. So I just didn't for seven years. And then, you know, I graduated college, got to a spot where like I was pretty healthy for myself and all these emotions started coming up. And so instead of dealing with them, I could just overwork myself. Okay. Not do not recommend. Yeah. <laughs> do not recommend. And I think that was me coping, right? I wasn't ready to want to accept my situation, accept where I was at and even feel those feelings. I think I thought that like if I felt all those emotions, it meant I wasn't strong and that I was weak. Mm. And that's like okay. my number one fear is like people and myself feeling weak or looking weak to others. So I was just distracting myself and then it kind of got to a spot where my health started to tank again this was so I mean this went on from I graduated college in 2020 so 2020 2021 I mean the hours I was working was ridiculous and looking back it's funny because like it was so easy to put the blame on other people right like my bosses were expecting me to do this or you know whoever was I wasn't setting boundaries I would my boss Oh, okay. Was wild and like would text me at like 2 a.m. I did not have to respond to that though. Yeah. Like in reality. No. No, he's not, he's not saying, hey, you're gonna get fired if you don't respond, right? Yeah. Like that was just, he has these crazy hours. And then I was trying to prove that I was worthy or like enough because I didn't feel that way in any other aspect of my life. Yeah. So the one place I felt like I could control and push through was work. Okay. And so, yeah, that continued for, a, I mean, a whole year I did that. And then um, 2021 to 2022, my health kind of started to tank again. And I took a big step back and it was, okay, whoa. <laughs> working, and I mean, working endless hours, so bad for me. Like, if I don't get eight hours of sleep, it's bad news yeah, for me. Yeah, and sleep's so important. important. <laughs> So important. That's one of the only messages I want to scream from the rooftops <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, it's so, so important. Yeah, so how? So now, like coming back into it, you said twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. So it's kind of going through it again, just working a lot. But now you know it's like I can't do that again. Yeah. No, I mean I learned, like, okay, and I've I've always felt this way of my life of like, you know, there's I don't remember how many slices of the pie, and but you can only really focus on like four of them or whatever, like your social. Um, mental, physical, okay. emotional. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And um, so I kind of started to understand that better of like, okay, past few years I had zero social life. I moved up north, had made no friends. Mm -hmm. No wonder I was depressed all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. was sitting in my room with my dog, who I love, but all day, yeah, every day. Yeah. That'll do it to you. That'll do it to you. And wasn't doing, I mean, I would get to go ride here and there, but because again, I wasn't sleeping and my health was getting worse, I couldn't go ride without seizing. And so that's just like another bad thing. So it's like everything in my life that I loved, I just like, because of me not wanting to accept the fact like I wasn't mentally okay, was making everything else in my life so much worse. Jeez. And then if we get, uh, would you mind? touching on your you said mentioned yeah. your health yeah i'm so seven. open about okay. it yeah no, so seen your tiktoks <laughs> dude I, I watch them <laughs> the tiktoks are going wild right now yeah <laughs> what an experience and so i know it's not a brief like it's not brief yeah. and it's not short no i can make it super short <laughs> but 
Yeah. So I kind of when did it? I guess when did it all start? Yeah. Um. I was completely healthy until I was 16 years old. Okay. And then. I mean, my mom said when I was a kid, I'd like complain of headaches, but that's kind of it. And then super random one day in high school, like had the most intense pain in my back and I went blind and then I showed up at my house, drove home somehow, don't remember doing it. And then from there was just a downward spiral. Um, I have had seven life-saving surgeries, been diagnosed with over seven chronic illnesses, was told at 16 that I'd be dead or in a wheelchair by 20. And hearing that's a 16 year old is insane i mean it's heavy great news everyone i'm 24 and i'm not dead or in a wheelchair so <laughs> we're stoked hey, <laughs> we're so stoked, stoked. <laughs> i can't imagine yeah yeah at 16 I mean, you don't even know what like i remember like when i first got diagnosed with everything it was right before prom and, like, all my friends were so, like, oh, my gosh. 16-year-old kids. Kids. And all my friends are, like, okay, who's asking me, like, what's my dress going to look like? And I'm, like, am I even going to be alive tomorrow? Because at the time, they didn't know. Like, they had no clue how to everyone was. Oh, my gosh, in the dark. So, it was, was it undiagnosed for a bit? Yeah. Still, so, are there still some that are? Um, I, <laughs> my surgeon told me the other day, he goes, hey, there's probably, like, two other things that you have. Do you want me to test you for them? And I said no. I don't want to know. Yeah. Was it the smartest? I don't know, but right now for me it was right the smartest. Now, it yeah. It's like, you know what? It's okay. We'll just keep it at bay. And if I need to know, it'll manifest itself. It's going to show up. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, 15 to 16, like my health was rocky. And then 16, I had brain surgery, almost died, a whole thing. And then, um, 16 to 17, I mean, I was at the doctor more than I was in school. To the point of, like, I didn't know if I was going to graduate. So, like, night after night in the hospital? Oh, my gosh. So many nights in the hospital. And if I wasn't in the hospital, then I was seeing different specialists. And if that specialist couldn't help me, they were referring me to somebody else. I got told I was crazy, I mean, 100 times plus that year. Not good So did they think it was a psychosomatic? Yeah. They thought it was, like, what's munch... Munch, what's that one called? You know what I'm talking about? A disease. It's like where like you make up things, or your parents make up things. Oh, hypochondriac. Yeah, but it's like a different. I don't know what it's called. No. But yeah, no. I I remember one night, um, because the time in high school, I would I was running track, and so I could, as I was a hurdler, and so as I would like run my race midway through, my eyes would roll back in the back of my head, but I'd keep running. I was gone. My body would keep running until the finish line, and then I would pass out what? and seize. Crazy. But you could... No. Like, there's, there's like, so old So, is this, clips. like, a blacking out experience? Yeah. I mean... And your eyes would roll. Like, my eyes, yeah, my see. eyes are rolling back. And then, like, if there was no one there to catch me at the finish line, like, straight up body to the track. Like, cut, like, skid marks from the track. So, my coaches started catching me. Every race? Every race. And then I started seizing, and I started going paralyzed. And they thought it was, so I had this one, it was before state, I was trying to qualify for state. And I thought I beat everybody. I was like way stoked. And I woke up in the middle of the football field. I didn't even make it past the first hurdle. Like my parents, like I like started the race, went over the first one and just stopped. And then walked to the center of the football field, passed out and like flopping like a fish. Seized for 15 minutes, like so gnarly. And then (laughs) went to the hospital, 
go to the ER and this lady's like, you've had so many tests done. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, this lady's so sick. Like she knows I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Uh, plot twist. She, when she was in high school, she had a, she got stuck in a canatonic state because she was an overachiever and like had a mental breakdown. And that's what she thought was happening to me. So she admitted me as a psychiatric patient. And then that's on your chart forever. So from then on, if I went to the Time ER, <laughs> sorry, that's a lot to digest. <laughs> what? She just yeah. went out. This is, this is a scenario. Okay. I want you to imagine yourself. Okay. You are paralyzed. You cannot move. Your face is drooping. Your leg is like curled up and you're laying in the hospital bed. Your parents leave with this doctor and they come back and they've both been bawling. Very apparent. What's yeah. your first thought? You're going to die. Oh my gosh. I was like, I have freaking brain cancer. Like I'm and, out. And it's like, so bad it. that she doesn't have to test me. That was like, <laughs> that was like my honest thought. I was like, I mean, that, this cancer is so bad that she just knows it from looking at me. I don't think anyone would think anything different. Yeah. Like you're in that situation and everyone's crying. Everyone's like, crying. Uh, she was even a little it. like choked up with the ear doctor, a little choked up. Oh my no, psychiatric patient. My parents were like, my daughter's a psychopath. How are we going to help her now? She's crazy. Oh, so they just believed your doctor right off. Well, I mean, you have a doc, like doctors. Sure, are you don't, and you don't know what's going on. Right. No one can tell us. No one has a freaking clue. And this doctor that should know everything is like, hey, she's crazy. What? Like in their defense, I'm to- I'm totally on their side because it's like. You don't know. Yeah, like, what the heck? And it was weird because I couldn't feel my legs, but I could walk. Like, that doesn't add up. And that night was actually the most traumatic night of my life because my parents left for a second. Or this lady comes in, tells me I'm there as a psychiatric patient. She's, like, screaming at me. And she's like, stop faking it. And I'm like, Bessie, I wish I could. My parents leave, and this, like, French doctor comes in. And they would always do this freaking test with popsicle sticks. They'd, like, break them. And, like, lightly, very lightly, like, tap your leg and be like, can you feel this? And I'd be like, no, my legs are numb. And this lady comes in and she's screaming at me in, like, French accent. She's like, you need to get up, sit up. But I'm like, I'm literally paralyzed. She grabs popsicle sticks and starts jabbing them in my legs, screaming at me. What? Yeah. She Where was, like, was this? Um, at the... The threat liberty to say. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't say <laughs> I don't know what her name was. I'm gonna be super honest. Um, oh no! I it think, sounds like it's touching malpractice. A I bit, think so. it was the University of Utah, though, because I wasn't. They didn't Yikes. take me to primaries that time. Yeah, it was the University of Utah Hospital, and she's. I mean, just jabbing them in my legs, screaming at me, and I am just bawling. All right. Oh. Wild. Sixteen. Sixteen years old. Hmm. It's weird that I have trust issues and now weird that you know adds up yeah i wonder <laughs> i wonder why it's crazy <laughs> and so then going through high school just i had a lot of rumors blurred. about myself a lot of rumors that i was dying or had crazy or had brain cancer i just accepted all of them. i just said yeah sounds about right <laughs> yeah so then from 16 to 21 i got diagnosed with um seven different ones in the course of seven years it was like every year was something else, and I was like, okay, what's next, Doc? Like, what else are you going to hit me with? And then, yeah, I guess like now, kind of what's yeah. the... Um, right now, so I think I have every diagnosis, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I'm battling a pretty bad stomach infection right now. Um, have been for seven months, but I can eat again, which is so sick. So uh, do you keep a specific... 
diet. Oh my or... gosh, so strict. Um, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> so what I have is called SIBO, and it's like okay. brand new. They just found out about like two years ago. Of course I have it. And I can have, I mean, it's like super, so I was plant-based for two years, vegetarian for seven years because I could not digest meat. I would just puke. Um, now my diet is completely meat. Really? Straight up. Just no, all... like I'm, it's like carnivore diet because no. pasta <laughs> um i'm supposed to stay away from carbs and i can have absolutely no sugar garlic onions fruits i can have like it's like a certain amount like it's like okay. seven grapes but meat. <laughs> but me i can have bacon as much as i want so it's so it, like complete 180 so i'm assuming you've had a lot of like a lot of the gut microbiome tests and is that a lot of where studies or or some of the illnesses yeah i mean i've had so i have three three different stomach diseases okay yeah and then i guess SIBO and they told me like SIBO normally for like like a healthy person like you would get it and like one round of antibiotics since probably gone and you're never gonna get it ever again because of everything else i have i'm super susceptible to it and so they were like hey you're probably gonna have this the rest of your life so no more sugar for me, I guess. <laughs> have I kept it perfectly? No, I have not. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh, I, yeah. I can imagine not so being hard. able to eat probably some like, of your favorite foods. Ice cream? Off the table. Even all the alternatives? Yeah, because it's weird. Like Even like the sugar-free ones, they have this like weird gum in them super bad for you apparently i was like like everything anything you buy in the grocery store like so food true. is so trash bad. but yeah that's a whole other yeah that's a whole thing yeah crazy it's a super strict diet now and mm-hmm. so how how has it like obviously changed the outlook of the future like i mean goal setting or it's so hard and actually it's like recently started going back to therapy because it's been something I'm like really struggling with is like in a weird way and this is so dramatic when I say it but like grieving the life I thought I was going to live I mean like 15 year old me the way I thought my life was going to plan out versus now I mean 24 living with my parents like they're super gracious to let me stay here but like I'm here because I'm seizing all the time like not mm-hmm. where I thought I would be at all Yeah, and so I mean, and it's, it's hard because it's like, I do not want my illness to define me in anything. And for a long time, I like pushed my, pushed acceptance of, of it away so much that it was really unhealthy for me. Cause it was like, I did not want anyone to associate me with being sick. Super unhealthy. Right. Mm. But it's like, I also, it's such a thin line I walk because it's like on the other side, I also don't want to use my illness as an excuse ever of like, oh, I didn't do that. But it's because I have seven chronic illnesses, like great excuse. No one's going to question me. Yeah. But like. Like if there's a work deadline, you're like, oh, I can push it a day. Or I, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Do this, like it, it's always. And it's, it, it is justified. Like you do. Right. Like, I can't imagine how exhausted you probably feel and like <laughs> yeah. everything that comes with it. But I mean, it, it speaks, I think to your character. It's like, this is baseline. Right. And so you find a new, you know, steady state. That's right. not comfortable. Right. But. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> a wild life. <laughs> yeah. 
very wild. So I guess what uh, I guess I wanted to touch on. There's a f- organization you mentioned. Sorry, I can't read my computer. My eyes no, are so bad right fine. now. There's an organization you mentioned you wanted to. I'm gonna need you to remind me because I can't. <laughs> I do not know what I said. Because we were talking about this <laughs> before we got on the show recording. Carter had me I, this out okay. a year ago. <laughs> For everyone waiting <laughs> that I've asked to be on this podcast, I asked them to fill out this form like a year ago. And I'm getting around to it. We're here. I'm so proud of you, honestly. We're doing it. Coalition Snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're sick. So tell me about. They are a completely women's run snowboard company. So, like, women owned. They only make girls boards. I don't think they only hire women, um, but their whole thing is, like, getting women out on the snow, which is so cool. So, are they merch gear events? Yeah. Like pushing, like they have. Oh yeah, they they do. I think they actually sponsored a woman's a whole woman's ride film, which is like unheard mm. of. That's rad. Yeah, so cool. So like, they just, I just love that like this year. I think so. I just saw the other day this year, next year, I think. So it just came out. It's not out yet. It's coming out. Oh okay, it's not. Out. Yeah, but they do they do really cool stuff and like just like their graphics and stuff are so sick. It's a very unique style well, that I yeah, really love. It's, it's uh like revolutionary in an industry like right. this. Yeah. Like I <laughs> I think about what the ski films like my brother and I would watch in high school. Yeah. There wasn't no female <laughs> input on those films. Are you no kidding way. me? Like they're just getting trashed in like disco clubs and they're going up to ski competitions and it's just yeah. like six dudes <laughs> with a handy cam just recording just the sausage fest. And uh yeah, I mean, that was the culture around them. Right. But I think it still is I, a culture a little bit. 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like it from the artistic side. Like, it brings in such a different outlook right. into the sport. Right. Well, I think it's so funny when, like, I had this conversation with a friend the other day, but, like, when dudes design stuff for girls, I'm not going to say they always miss it, but it's, like... I would say they Sometimes they miss, miss it. it. Yeah. Like, I mean... I'm, I would agree. <laughs> like not, because I think ah, there's just a stigma of like, oh, girls are only gonna like it if it's sparkly and pink, which like, yeah, sometimes I love that, but like sometimes I want something freaking grungy on my board. Like, yeah, they think it needs to be feminine. Right, leaning. right. Actually, I'm, I have an opportunity right now. I'm designing some life jackets for a company, and I've gotten to do like all their like younger girl stuff, and it's been so fun because I'm like really straying away from like the standard pink smiley faces and mm-hmm. you know like hearts <laughs> like we're like doing some other fun stuff and so it's been really cool so on the creative design of those things in wakeboarding is it bright colors and loud designs because i feel like there might be some like crossover between skiing yeah. snowboarding yeah. wakeboarding. like back in the tens like all the pro skiers were like bright colors mm-hmm. like green like neon greens and yellows and reds but now it's all neutral pastel right. same with cycling right is I think wakeboarding is like 10 years behind everything. So it's still back. Yeah, they're starting to get there now. Um, but it's this is something I actually just learned. This is so random. The randomest fact you're going to learn in your life. Like life jackets have to be a certain color because the Coast Guard has to approve them. And it, ta- it costs like $10,000 to get what? a color approved. I had no clue. Every? Every color. Wait, so. Time out. I feel like I've seen 
flash jackets of every color. Yeah. So, so like they each have company like, is paying to get that color approved. Because I like wanted this like really pretty purple, and they were like, "Hey." Every new design still. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like they gave me this uh, Illustrator file that yeah. like has all their swatches, and those are the only colors I can choose from. Because they're the only ones they've already paid for. And each year they do like two colors. But they're spending 20 grand each year. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Sorry. I didn't want to answer your question. They're still pretty loud though. They're starting okay. to get more neutral. And that was a lot of what the designs I was doing. Because that's like what's in right now. So I was like trying to pull as more like neutral tones. We'll see if they pick those designs though. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I have not been around the water community. I feel like it's all. pretty similar to cycling. I don't really know cycling. I might assume maybe, no. I mean, I've been not. boating with people, and like people have boated a lot. Not cycling. I'd maybe the skiers. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Way more. More mountain bikers. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Roadies are weird. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's a ton of fun. So I guess there's probably been a few different grounding methods throughout the past couple of years. Yeah. I guess what are some. So the ones you enjoy or things that help guess, yeah. physically, mentally? Um, the biggest one that I've picked up on in the past two years, and it, it's so funny because I used to watch it and thought it was super, like, not stupid, but was like, people are crazy, is ice bathing. Straight mm-hmm. up. This We're sitting right next to one. <laughs> We're sitting it's right, right next It's right to here. Um, I have a, one of my really good friends um, sent me a podcast a couple months ago that honestly changed my life. And this girl has a bunch of health issues, and in it she talks about how starting every morning with an ice bath gives her body something to fight against instead of fighting against itself. Mm. Heavy. And I was Mm. like, okay. And he, like, sent me, and he's like, this made me think of you. And I wish I could say I'm, like, super consistent and do it every day. I don't. I did for two months straight. I did ice bath every day, and it was probably the healthiest I've ever been. Really? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So big. Big help. Big help. And it's so hard because, like, I know I'm going to get in and my nerve pain is going to go off the charts. But once I can get to that, that spot, and it's, like, with everything in life, and I think why it is so grounding is, like, if I can get in, and it's with everybody. You get in, your body starts freaking out, right? It's so cold. Yeah. If you can calm yourself under that stress, then you feel nothing, and it feels awesome. Mm-hmm. And so that's, You've like... you got to get over that initial. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, take those deep breaths. And so that's, like, a huge reminder of, like... Okay, outside in the real world, if my pain gets too bad or if I'm trying to fight off a seizure, if I'm just overwhelmed, like taking a step back, feeling all that and then breathing through it to like take the edge off. Mm-hmm. So beneficial. Has it taught you the, you know, you're fighting a mental battle, you know, it's going to be over eventually. Mm-hmm. Like you go through something hard a lot, like you're going to get in, it's going to suck. But at some point you just got to square up. Right. It's like, here it is for the next X amount, you know. So does that, does that help? Obviously on a incredibly smaller scale, but yeah. just no, doing hard things every day. Definitely. Mentality. Yeah, and, and I don't know what it is. I mean, there's a huge study on in water, there's a ton of negative ions, right? Mm-hmm. And an overload of negative ions help, like, bring up your mood and your, like, overall energy. And obviously that's like way more with the ocean, but I believe that to be in everything water related. And I think it's why I'm drawn to the water so much is because like I'm a very high like frequency person. And so if I can be in the water where there are those negative ions, then I can feel better. And so like it's helped me mentally so much. Like I've been 
pretty depressed lately and the friend that sent me the podcast called me the other day and he was like, have you been ice bathing? And I was like, no. He was like, hey, idiot, go get in the tub, call me when you're done. And the next morning I got in and like the best I'd felt mentally in so long. And I don't know if it is like that, like reward, like you're in it and it sucks, but you can come out the other end and feel better. And like, I don't get that satisfaction in my own life. Cause it's like, unfortunately I'm never going to feel better. So I don't know if it's like that or what, but yeah, mentally and physically both like has changed my world. Do you think it might help that it's, it's a pain you're, you're accepting, like yeah. you're consciously choosing to face it. And Definitely. So, Especially. Oh, sorry. Obviously with seven, you know, chronic illnesses, like you don't choose that anymore. Yeah. Especially so like a- this winter, um, I had some of the worst PTSD of my life, like intense trauma flashbacks to where I was like feeling the pain so hard because it's like, I wasn't choosing to feel that there was nothing triggering it. It was just there. And so my thought was like, okay, if I get in and I'm choosing this pain, maybe that'll help get me over it. And it worked. Wow. Like ice bath for, you know, a weekend and for like five minutes each and my PTSD was gone. It's pretty incredible. Pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then just point out the flaws of the human brain. Like when you know something's so good for us, mm-hmm. like everyone does it to, you know, it's a spectrum, of course. Right. But something's so good. And I That's where I find a lot of the fumbles with any mental, my mental health journeys. It's like you know something's so good for so long, and then it's depressive. Depression always comes in waves. Like right. it's never to think you're just gonna finally be happy forever is just never gonna happen. Right. That's just not mine. And uh, yeah, to have that is pretty, pretty powerful. But jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I was very interested on your uh, if you could talk to anyone. Dead or alive. Who did I choose? <laughs> Are you ready? Who would you choose now? And then I'll tell you who. who Dead you or alive? Oh, it's so if hard. Anyone? You know, obviously, no language barriers. Who did I say? I want to know. <laughs> the first one was Biggie Smalls. I stand by that. Okay, you stand by that one? Good. I want to hear that. And Amelia Earhart. Okay, yeah. Yeah? I actually stand by both of those. Stand by both of them. Biggie? Why Biggie? Okay, here's the thing you about see me. the Biggie documentary? No. <sighs> I think it's on Netflix. Okay, I'm going to watch it. I have a thing for, like, old school rap. There we go. It just speaks to my... Like, if I'm having a bad day, there are two songs you can put on. It's going to switch my world. And it's Shoot by Salt and Peppa or Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> like, either one will take me from negative to a positive. Those are the songs. So quick. And I just think that, like, I would love to know so much about Biggie's life and, like, the choices that he made. And honestly, I want him alive so that I can go to a concert. <laughs> like straight up, I want to go to a Biggie concert. Yeah. I mean, I recommend that documentary then because it goes in to all of his friends, you know. Okay, I'm going to watch it. That's sick. On the street, like his neighborhood, like the whole thing. Yeah. And I think too, like, obviously I don't know much about him, but coming from where he did, like, he fought a lot of adversity. And. Oh, yeah. Was it just for the fame? Because. I don't think so. I think there was ulterior motives. And so, like, I don't, I love, I love people that, like, are given literally no reason to succeed, right? They have every excuse just to be a bad person and they choose to not and they choose to, like, make something good with their life. I admire that so much. Mm-hmm. So, who are some other 
people that hold that. Yeah. But who are some other ones in your life? Um, Do you have any, like, personal? Yeah. Um, he also changed my life. His name is Brad Smaler. Um, he was a professional wakeboarder that's now a quadriplegic. And it's mm. funny because, like, growing up, he was, like, my wakeboard crush. I was obsessed with him. Post- posters on the wall? Oh, yeah. Had him as my screensaver for a little bit. There we go. And it's crazy because now he's one of my dearest friends. Wow. Which, and he knows. I've, like, told him all about that I, have, I had posters and he was my screensaver. He knows. Yeah. He yeah, knows he about knows. it. And, yeah, now quadriplegic, like, neck down. Or shoulders mm-hmm. down. Was it in a wakeboarding accident? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, every reason to just hate his life, to be so upset, to literally, like, have so much pity for his situation. And mm-hmm. instead has, like, one, helped me come to terms with my life, my situation. Has written, a, like, an amazing book. And still, you know, goes out and just lives his life to the best and like experiences all the emotions yeah so cool did he help you with uh kind of grieving that life you feel like you lost yeah we've had a lot of chats recently about that and and his whole thing and he talks a lot about in his book but it's just like being present and now and accepting that like i will never know because that that version of myself doesn't exist right a healthy Mm -hmm. version of myself doesn't exist so why would i worry about that yeah and i can just worry about right here right now what do i want to do today Instead of, you know, going back and saying, but if I wasn't sick, but it's like, what well, I am. But, yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. Unless I'm going to try and go cure it, but <laughs> it's probably not going to happen, so. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the most important things I've learned in life is just, like, what can you make in this moment here and now? Right. It's kind of just being present in anything. Because living in the past, just as dangerous as living in the future. Right. I think it's just that same hurdle. It's like, what could have been, and then what should have been it's like no it's so true it's what we have to just decide right now right and make the most of it right i think that's the most damaging thing you can do to yourself is compare yourself to past versions of yourself Mm -hmm. and to like what you thought your life might be i think it's so damaging because you're not that person yeah for sure because it takes like especially if you go through a gap if you don't like like yourself or you finally come to terms and fix negative right. things about like yourself or yeah in your situation like you used to be like really healthy and then it's probably an insane hurdle right like, i can't even imagine that it's wild you know? so weird <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then uh your mantra asks you I, to nothing again no this clue what said. i should have just sent this back over to you I kinda, it's kind of a nice surprise all right breathe easy oh yeah where does that come from my best friend in college, um, we used to go rock climb all the time, and I would get so flustered on spots and just kind of freeze, and I'd stop breathing. And so there was one day where we were bouldering this super sketchy thing, and it was like I couldn't jump because I'd bash my head on a rock. Um, the only way up was up. And so he just, you know, was down below spotting me. He said, hey, dude, just breathe easy. And that's something I have, like, really held on to and not and more in like a metaphorical sense now of like bad times are going to come regardless pain is going to be in my life i mean i'm in pain all day every day and the only thing i can control is just to be here to be present and so just to breathe easy and accept that whatever is happening is happening and there's not much i can do about that all right (laughs) and then the other one paddle 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 yes this is all still true. Okay. So, uh, Chasing Mavericks is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. All right. And that is a line that is said in that movie is, 
paddle 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 logram and my brother actually used to say it he was he was not around when I got sick and so he used to always say that to me um over email just he'd email me and say hey paddle 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 and so it's become a thing now of like when my health does get bad or if I'm going through something really hard or just whatever it's like what my family says to me of like just gotta keep going and so I, I stand by both of those so there's some my mantras mm-hmm. I think yeah yeah I love that just always moving just yeah. running anything because mm-hmm. I think once you fall out of routine for too long or you fall out of action movement and progression then it's right. physical and mental it's just hard to get out of that it's so hard and you know it's always an uphill battle mm-hmm. it's never never get up and coast for too long <laughs> you <never> do. <laughs> I honestly feel like most of the time it's like as soon as you get up and you're feeling good it's a big crash is coming sometime soon yeah but it's life you know yeah until it happens just keep faking it until you make it yep <laughs> And then I want to ask, I love asking people about their like favorite routine things yeah. that are just things you've developed and learned that kind of do it for you. Things that help your day. Do I have to do this religiously every day? Of course not. No one's perfect. Because <laughs> I definitely I, I always like to bring up like the whole TikTok community when everyone posts their morning routines and they're like oh, the most perfect. You I'm know. not doing it. I'm like that. I aspire to be like that. There's not a smallest chance in hell I would ever be that <laughs> like every detail oriented. No. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm gonna try to go outside today. <laughs> I have one goal <laughs> to get out of my bed today. So Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so freaking funny. Okay, so I'll say like my dream routine that happens mm-hmm. maybe once a month, but if I'm lucky. Okay. Um, wake up, take my dog on a walk. I come back. Um, I just switched my whole like intense workout routine to just Pilates. Loving it. So do some Pilates. Um, use the sauna, ice bath, and then make breakfast and do like. I have to have my ice matcha as part of that. Ice matcha. So good. Okay. And then do um, gratitude, and then like I'm a big to do list person because mm. my brain is all over the place. And yeah. So if I can write it down, and look at it throughout the day, I can stay on track. That's like my my like ideal, ideal morning routine that doesn't mm-hmm. happen all the time. All right. Do you have any like non-negotiables? Not um, daily, but like weekly, Matthew. Like things that. Yeah, weekly. You keep for yourself to. Oh, I forgot. I also take cold showers. All right. That is that's a probably non-negotiable for me. Okay. Because it helps so much with my nerve pain that mm-hmm. if I don't take a cold shower, um, I'm done for the day. Yeah. And I'm getting nowhere, and that's just not fun. And then I guess to paint the picture again, uh, it's it's dark. <laughs> it's dark now. Uh, a little, the sun, little chilly. The sun is set. It is getting a little cold. But I guess just kind of what's something you'd leave for your younger self or just kind of anyone in general? Yeah. Just some life. Life advice. Some Oof. life advice. Um, I think something that I'm really learning right now is – you can still be a happy and optimistic person and still experience and feel those negative feelings. And just because you have a bad day doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Doesn't mean that you're flawed or that people are going to love you less. Because that was a big thing I thought was like, oh, if I'm not this ray of sunshine that people need, they're going to love me less. Or like, 
people don't want to be around me and that's not true. So it's okay to feel all your feelings and it's really healthy, in fact. And I think a big thing that I'm like holding on to lately is like a bad day does not mean a bad life at all. That's all I got. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, we'll just end it there. It's great. Let's just leave it. Thank but, you uh, for having me. Thank you for being on. Of course. This has been super fun. Good. Thank you so All much. Right. Well, thanks, everybody. And, uh, yeah, see you later. Bye.